Oh, indeed. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. What is going on, guys? Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast back with another episode, the bye week special since the Redskins are on a bye week. I decided to bring in a special guest I have with me today, CJ Mintier. CJ, um, he has um, helped JMU football. He was their student equipment manager, and I brought him in today. And he's going to talk a little bit about his journey and what he is doing, what he has done, and what what his dream is, pretty much. So, CJ, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me on. It's a great pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, pretty much, let's start it from the beginning here. Um, how? First off, like, how do you realize you wanted to help with JMU football being their student equipment manager? Well, my dad's been coaching f- football for over 20 years now. Ever since I was probably two years old, he's been coaching high school football. I played high school football for two years for a program back here at home, but I wasn't really into it. I didn't like the way the program was going, and so I stopped playing. But I always knew that I loved watching football. I always loved being around the sport. And so when I went down to JMU, I actually transferred in there from a small community college up here at home. And when I went down there, I knew that I just wanted to be a part of the football team. I didn't care what I had to do. I just wanted to be a part of it. And eventually, as I was going to school, I met an old buddy from high school, and he told me that he was the head student manager for the football team. And I said, wow, man, that's awesome. And I didn't really think too much of it, but the Duke started going on a nice playoff run, and they made it all the way to the national championship, and they had won. Now, I had made no plans on working for a winning program. I didn't care if they went 1-10 or 1-11 or whatever. I just wanted to work for the football team no matter what happened. And so probably a week after we got back to school, I called my buddy up as soon as I got back to school, and I told him, hey, what do I got to do to work with the football team? What do I got to do? I don't care what I have to do. Just just tell me what I got to do to basically get an interview or uh, be able to have a chance to work with them. And he said, we actually have an opening. And, and he said, hey, come on in for an interview, and we'll get you started. And so I went in for an interview with the head guy who was Pete Johnson at the time. And as soon as I sat down, he basically said, this really isn't an interview. You're actually hired. Mitch has told me a lot of things about you. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and move you on here with the program. And so that's how I got started with him. All right. So a pretty great story. And um, you, you do love the sports part of it. So um, perfect role for you, in my opinion. So um Tell me what you did for the program. Um, what was your main role and what did you have to do on a day-to-day basis and on game days as well? So as a student equipment manager, you're more on the back burner. You know, the head equipment manager and the assistant equipment manager take care of a lot of things, but the students, you're still around the football team no matter what happens. So as an equipment manager, you are supposed to be out of practice. We had 10 of us as student managers, and we were responsible for a specific position group. I was in charge of the defensive line, which so happened to be the hardest position on the team just because of all the equipment that we had to use. And I loved every minute of it because the coach was a real 
old school type of guy and I really enjoyed working with him and all the players were really humble that I worked with. But that was the main portion of our job is that we had to be out there at practice. We had to set up all the drills for the coach, make sure that everything was okay and make sure that the players were safe. I took it upon myself to make sure that I could learn about the helmets, learn about the shoulder pads. I would take air out of the helmets, fix up chin straps, fix up face masks if they needed it. I would do things like that. And our other portion of the day would have to consist of being in the equipment room. Uh, Throughout the week of the season, we would have to check stuff in, check stuff out, either if we were going on the road or going or playing at home. And we would also need to make sure that the uniforms were ready for game day. Uh, We would always start early if it was a road game, probably on Monday, start getting everything ready for the road game. That way, towards the end of the week, we can just relax and go and go as it goes. And then for home games, we always had to set up the locker room, make sure that everything was good to go for game day. And the biggest, the best part of it was waiting for the color combination for the game because JMU has four helmets, we have three jerseys, and we have three pairs of pants. And we could make so many color combinations, and waiting for the color combination was always a good thing. And that was always making sure that the guys looked good on Friday night. We would make sure all the helmets were good, all the jerseys had no rips, all the pants had no grass stains or, or any rips in them as well, and make sure that they were ready to go. And that was about the gist of my job as a student. All right. So sounds very interesting what you did. A couple more questions about that. So um, you, if I'm correct, you did have a full course load with this. And um, how do you manage your time with both school and football? Well, I was very fortunate to be in a major that wanted you to get real life experience because the, the major, of course, we had classes that you had to go to. You had to learn in the classroom. But the biggest portion of our major was it required internships. It required real-life experience. And so they told us at the beginning of the, of the major that, you know, we're, we're not stressful enough to make you guys not want to come to class all the time or make you guys stay up to midnight. But we want to make sure that you guys can gain real-world experience because up until college, the the most you could probably do is volunteer work or other things that don't involve a lot of pay. And so when we were in college, our college had a lot of great opportunities for us to give real-life experience. And so I took 12 credits, I believe, whenever I was working. Uh, I normally took 15, but since I knew that I would be working a lot, I took 12 courses, 12 credits, and it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. I managed a 3.4 GPA while I was working, so I was very happy with myself. And we made it all the way to the national championship. And I gotta tell you, it was it was not easy, but it wasn't that stressful at all. So I can't complain about that. Yeah. So um. A little bit more like uh, give me more give the viewers fans whatever um, more of an in-depth look like more of a clear picture um, what what are home games like what like like are you on the field working on drills beforehand like stuff like that what what did you have to do like um, 
setup setup wise like on the field for game day or anything like that so i'll take you through the home games first because they're the simplest uh we had to be there four hours before game time because the players would come on buses from the hotel about two hours before get there a couple hours earlier and set up everything on the field we would get there I would go outside, get a bunch of trunks, and bring them out into the field as well as the benches and the chairs and set them up as well. Make sure that they were all out on the field because we will need those if a time, if a problem does occur for us. If we need a helmet really fast, we have a trunk out there for it. If we need towels, we have towels. If we need shoulder pads, we have shoulder pads. Things like that out there. And, and after that, then we would also have to set up the stations for the position coaches and each position coach would have probably 10 minutes of individual drills and my coach had two specific drills that we did every single time and so did every other position coach a game day was a normal day for us and then after that when we saw them going into team offense or team defense we would go inside make sure the locker room had 30 chairs on each side so that the players could just uh, bow their heads and just think about the game that's coming up and then the coordinators will talk over the game plan for the offense and defense and then we will listen to coach Houston in his fiery speech and let me tell you he's got he's got a fiery he's got some fiery speeches and they were really motivating and uh and I'll never forget some of them I'll tell you that but then after that we, I had the opportunity to go out of the tunnel, and when the smoke and the crowd is just blaring, you'll never beat it. And Frisco was probably the best of it all because they played our, uh, our walkout video in Frisco that we had at JMU Stadium, and the smoke and fire that came out of the, uh, of the tanks that were on the field was just amazing. I couldn't see two inches in front of me as I was running out of the thick smoke, though, so I almost fell. But that's besides the point. I mean, and then while we were on the sideline during the game, uh, it was just basically make sure that no players had any issues, make sure that they had towels for all the sweat that they had to get rid of, and you got to watch the game. So it was a great time, and we won, so it wasn't all bad. Yeah, so – um very great there, and um, away games, probably more complicated, but pretty much the same thing goes into it home and away, but just you're traveling to another stadium, if I'm correct. Yeah, I mean, last year, luckily for us, we only had five away games, technically six with the national championship, but only five regular season road games. Probably the hardest one was uh, ECU just because it was almost it was about four and a half hours away. Yeah, on Friday we would leave, I think, around 9 o'clock in the morning. And the night before, on Thursday nights, we would always pack the truck and pack our big box truck full of equipment that we would have to take down to the stadium. And we would have to take all that off the truck once we got down to the stadium. And that wasn't as fun as, he, as it sounds, but... Um, we also had to pack it up after every single road game at the end of the games, we would always have to pack it up and then we would head on home. But the in-between part between the game and going home that it was the same type of thing, set up the locker room, make sure it looks good. And then basically set up the field, set up the locker room again for the offense and defense, and then go out there and watch the game basically. Yeah, yeah, sounds really great. So um, walk me through your experience um, 
JMU, obviously, they did make it to the national championship against NDSU. Unfortunately, they did lose, but walk me through your experience and how did you feel being on a national stage like as an equipment manager, but walk me through what your emotions were like for that. Most people don't really know that camp is a big part of a football team. When I came to report for camp, I worked 37 days in a row for JMU football. 37 days in a row uh, for summer camp. And it was, I was there every single day with the players. I was there every single day with our staff, with the coaches, with everybody. And I didn't hate any second of it. I loved every single second of it. It was long days, but I knew that our team was very good. And I knew that we could go a long way. And then... It was all meant for the week one against our FBS team, ECU. And guess what? We went down there and we kicked their butt, and there was nothing else to say about it. We showed up, and we we gave them the best that the FCS got. And they paid us about $400,000, and we're very happy that we went down there and we did our business. And throughout the season, week after week, we just knew that our team was fantastic. And it was so great to be a part of a winning team because when I was in high school, I won our team won about three games in high school when I was in when I was a part of the football team. So being a part of a winning culture was fantastic. And then once we started getting into the playoffs and also winning the CAA championship, we knew that other teams still didn't have a chance against us. And we didn't and we knew that Every single day was going to get even harder, though, and especially when Weber State came to town and we had to come back and beat them in our home stadium. And I'm not afraid to admit that I cried on the sidelines because I didn't want it to end because we had already come so far to go to the next week to beat South Dakota State 51-14, to I believe, or 16. I can't remember. But then after that, it hits you by it saying – by our big board saying we're Frisco bound. And all I could think of was, holy crap, I'm going to the national championship and I'm going to be right there on the sidelines on national TV. And that just hits you. And, and went home for Christmas break for about six days, came back, and then it was go time. We had to get everything ready to go. We got all new travel suits for the guys and us as well. And we got a whole bunch of new gear that we had to give out to them as well. And we had a good couple weeks of practice. but And then we went down to Frisco. And Frisco was a different – that was a different type of breed that I'll never forget. Because for four days, it was a lot of work. Like we, But we got to see some of the best, best sights I think I've ever seen in terms of the hotel that we stayed in and the stadium that we played in. Because – um, the stadium that we played in was incredible on game day. When I'm telling you that I couldn't hear for at least like 30 seconds, I'm telling you I could not hear for at least like 30 seconds. When the announcer said, FCS football is here, and we want to make sure that the fans can hear it, we are live on national television, and the stadium erupted. And so, and yes, we did lose the national championship. But I didn't get into the business of sports to win. Um, If I wanted to do that, I would be a coach 
but I'm not going to be a coach. I want to be a part of a great organization that has a winning culture, but at the end of the day, you got to do your job. And that's what we had to do after the national championship was over. We had to pack everything up from Frisco, basically, and head on home. And the season ended not the way that we wanted it to, but I'm telling you, I'll never forget that experience of being down in Frisco and being on those sidelines because there's not many people who could say, yeah, I went to the national championship and I was a part of a team that um, got there. And so my whole experience this past year started with working 37 days in a row and ended with an experience that not many people will ever be able to forget. And I know I will never be able to forget it. All right. Yeah. Very great story there. And um, going back a little ways for when you won the CAA championship, you actually got a little bit of hardware for that, for your work as a student manager. Um, How does that feel to look down on your finger every time and see that your hard work paid off in some way? Well, my dad won a state championship back in 2006 And I could just remember seeing him cry on the sidelines because they knew they had done something great. And when I'm telling you that if you ever watch FCS football, the CAA is the real deal. I know North Dakota State does great things for the Missouri Valley Conference, but the CAA is where great football happens at the FCS level. And we had some tough games to go through because the CAA – Three teams, I think, made out of the CAA, whereas two only made out of the Missouri Valley. And we all, and a CAA team also beat the number four team in the country. Well, we were the number one team, but New Hampshire also beat Central Arkansas, which was the number four team in the country. And when we kept going through the playoffs, we knew that the budget would be increased for the ring as well. Because if you win the national championship, they give you a nice ring. And as a runner-up, you're still getting a pretty nice ring. And when the spring game came for uh, JMU at the end of April, uh, when I got my ring, I, I just stared at it and I was like, is this real? How is this ring supposed to be able be a conference ring? And then I just thought of it and I knew that it's because Coach wanted to give something to these players that they'll never forget because the senior group – that was a part of our team, was the winningest group in JMU history. And that goes back over 40 years of football. And so it was a very special ring, and I'm glad that I have it with my name on the side so you can tell that it is mine, and it'll stay that way until I die. Yeah, that that is awesome. So, um, man, what what a great experience for you, CJ. So um, moving on now, you – since you've graduated and this past summer you actually worked for the Harrisonburg Turks and tell me something about that baseball different atmosphere but still a sports team uh tell me what you did for them and what that experience was like so for the Harrisonburg Turks uh I did it as my internship as I said in my major for school they require internships to be able to move along in the program and I used it as one of my internships. And so for them, I was a fan engagement fan uh, intern. And one of the things that I had to do was run the the on-the-field games that I'm sure you see at MLB games or minor league baseball games that they'll have 
costume races or smoothie chugs or things like that that have to entertain the fans. And I was in charge of that. I would have to get on the mic like I am right now, entertain the crowd, and keep the fans happy. Also, I would have to do things like 50-50 or I would do uh, sponsored of sponsored games like the, the, the Domino's Pizza Toss for $500. Once again, I would have to get on the mic, entertain the crowd, and it was an enjoyable experience because it wasn't basically a team. It was a family atmosphere that I was working for. And a lot of people from JMU actually work for the Turks since it's just a summer uh, baseball league. Some members of JMU actually work for the Turks. So I got to meet some more people in the industry, including the director of broadcast services for JMU, Kurt Dudley, who's a great guy that I got to meet while working for the Turks. So that's basically what I did. I got to work with a lot of great people for a summer that I'll never forget for a, not just a team, but a family. Wow. That, that that's great. So, um, basically you were on the field, just running that stuff. So, um, not really too much setting up anything equipment wise, just more fan engagement. What was the, what was the difference there for you? Well, in terms of the fan engagement part, you don't really have to be there until the game starts, actually. Yeah, sure, you, you'll have to be there probably an hour before to set up a couple of things, but in terms of what equipment uh, did, you had to be there four hours before the game started because, and you ha- also had to be there after the game ended. Once the game really ended during for the Turks, you got to basically leave. But for equipment, you you had to stay after. You had to clean up. You had to do some things like sanitize. You also had to make sure that nothing was left out on the field, make sure that the locker, lo- locker room looked great, things like that that you had to do after the game was done because the job wasn't done until you were dismissed. But with the Turks, you were basically done after the game was over because that was your job was to entertain the crowd during the game. Yeah, yeah, so great there. And um moving on now, um you've graduated, so but you're still working at JMU, not with the football team, but um with some other different sports if you want to if you care to explain that more in depth what you do and uh ha- how you like that. So about a month after my internship had ended, the head guy at JMU for equipment called me up and he said, um, I could really use some help with some things that are going on because, uh, we had a couple people quit and I could really use some help. And I said, yeah, sure. What do you need? And he said, uh, you'll be helping out Olympic sports and you'll also be in other areas around the university, like in baseball, softball, and basketball. But the majority of my work right now is with Olympic sports, uh, JMU has, I think it's around 20 sports, and I help with about 13 of them right now, making sure all the laundry is done, which is what I did with football, making sure gear is issued out as well, making sure that we're packed and ready for home games as well as away games, making sure that all the jerseys and all the equipment is checked back in with us. Uh, Basically, just everything that I did with football except for being out there at practice because the other teams are self-sufficient and they don't really need managers like football does. 
So that's that's the gist of what I do now. It's more experience to where uh, I can get experience in other sports. That way it can help out my resume, which is why I took the job. But in terms of what I did in football, it's just a little bit less because I was out there at practice and I was also traveling as well with them. Yeah, that that's great. So um a few things about that, a couple questions. Um you didn't really have to travel to games. It's pretty much you're just at the university helping them with equipment and stuff, but you 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 didn't have to like travel to different um sporting events like with them, did you? Uh no, for Olympic sports no, I don't have to travel with them. It's a non-traveling position and even the head equipment manager for Olympic Olympic sports does not have to travel with them as well. Yeah, I I I see that's really great. So, um uh, happy for you there and um in in the long run, um what what is your goal? What do you want to end up doing for like most of your life because uh, I know you're huge on sports. Do you want to stay with sports? Uh, I obviously I think you do but what what is your goal my goal is to get back to working with football just because I really enjoyed my time even though it was only for a year and a half with them but that was because as a transfer student you're not really told much about uh, extracurricular activities in terms of athletics and working with them as a transfer student. And so I had to find out because of my good friend who, from high school. But luckily I was a good enough guy and a good friend back in high school to be able to get the job with them. But my my ideal goal is to get back to working with football because I enjoyed being on the road with the guys. I enjoyed going to different places, seeing new fields, seeing new facilities, and being around the sport of football is just the best thing for me. And I just, that is my ideal goal is to get back to working with football. It's long hours and it's not the best pay, but I did not get into sports for the pay. I got into it for being around sports. Yeah, that that's great. So um, what, what level are we talking college still or all the way up to the NFL? Whichever one will work. I mean, I'm I'm a very flexible guy. Yeah, I I have experience of working in a university setting, but the professional level is always going to be a great thing on your resume to see that you performed or or worked for a professional organization. One of my former bo- former bosses was an equipment intern with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and hearing stories from him, he he really got across that you know the professional level it's a lot harder than what a university setting is and of course that's true but that doesn't phase me because i get to be around football every single day so whichever one i i want to go for i'll choose but for right now i'm at a university setting so i might have a better chance at finding something at a university so um how long are you planning on staying with JMU for the time being? Like until someone, something else pops up? Like long term, short term? Yeah, I mean, I my ideal thing is to get a full time position. I graduated college just a couple months ago, and I need to find a full time position. And the guy who hired me, Chris. He said, I'm not opposed to you finding a full-time job as well. This is only a part-time thing, but I do work about 40 hours a week with them. But it doesn't include benefits or anything like that. And so 
yeah, I do want to find a long-term position that I'm going to be able to work with for an organization because I do eventually need to have my own insurance. I need to have my own type of place that I can live because by 26, you're cut off from your parents basically. And so I do need to start looking for another position starting in the new year once it comes up. So, yeah, that, that, that's a really great story all around. So, um, CJ Mintier, um, really, really great having you on the show. And, um, thank you so much for, uh, joining us. Is there any last words you'd like to say? Yeah. Uh, if anyone ever has a question about equipment, you can always ask because, um, equipment is behind the scenes, but we love doing our jobs and, yeah, it's not a lot of money, but we love being able to work with a great organization and great teams because we love being around sports. And go Dukes. Yes, go Dukes. Um, and who are they playing next week? So next week, I believe it is Elon University. After that route against William & Mary. So J- JMU football, 2-1 um, and one looking good so far, and – Hopefully they can keep that up. Um, That's all the time we have for this episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Make sure you shoot me an email if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that. Kirby on Sports at gmail.com. My Twitter is Kirby on Sports, and my Facebook is Kirby on Sports Podcast. Until next time, we say farewell. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will catch you next time.